Good morning. As you find your seats, uh, I want to welcome you. My name is Dan Song. I'm one of the pastors here at Restoration, and it's good to be together on this Sunday morning. Um, again, my name is Dan. Uh, we are in the Fruit of the Spirit sermon series. And as we've been in this, we've looked at love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness, and goodness. And this morning, we're going to be looking at faithfulness. And so I know this is a family worship, and our children are with us. And I know often for parents, it's hard to listen. And so I'm going to give you a little, a little encouragement this morning. I'm going to dangle in front of you. It's a one-point sermon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hidden. With three points. No, I'm kidding. All right. I'm going to invite Michelle Alsobrook uh, to come on up, and she's going to read the passage for us. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, and she's going to read verses 14 through 29. So if you have a Bible, you could turn to eight. Um, well, if you have a church Bible that you're using in front of you, that's on page 830. But if you do have a Bible, turn there, or you could follow along with us on the screen provided for you with the text. So let's give attention to God's word as we hear uh, from the Gospel of Matthew. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Michelle. Pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, as we have sung this morning, great is your faithfulness. And I pray that as we look to your faithfulness this morning, Lord, may it be our strength for today and our hope for tomorrow. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We just heard a parable that Jesus gives about talents, and often it's used about finances in sermons. But I think when we look at this passage, it can be about the faithfulness that God has called us to in all areas of life. Whether you are a child, as a student, as someone who is called to honor and obey your parents, to be a good friend to those all around at your school, even those that might not be the friendliest. Uh, as we think about classmates at school, as we think about studying, as we think about work, relationships, and dating, and marriage, whatever it is, we're called to be faithful. Now, as we heard this parable, I thought I'd, I'd give you my own little riff on what this could look like for our children. Now, imagine your parents telling you that they're going to go away for a long time. And so the, the parents tell the first child, you are now responsible to drive your siblings everywhere to school, to games, to all of their events, and be on time. The parents then look to the second child and say, child, daughter, you are going to make food for your siblings and make it good and make sure that they don't starve. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you are responsible to provide meals for your siblings. And then the, to the third child, the parents said, we're going away, and we want you to clean the house every week so that it is clean and you can use it and there's no smell, but that it's nice and clean so that when we come back, we have a beautiful home to return to. Now the parents left for a very long time. And so the kids were left alone. And one day, many, many months later, the parents returned. And when the parents returned, they go to the first child and they say, what have you done? And the first child, guess what he says? What was he responsible for? He was to drive them, drive the kids to all their school events, to practices, to games. 
And guess what he says? He says, I've done it all. And I was always on time. And I drove my siblings to wherever they needed to go. And not only that, I did oil changes. I fixed the car on my own. And I washed the car every single week for you. And what do the parents say? Well done, good and faithful son. Now, the parents go to the second child, to the daughter, and say, what have you done? Did they starve to death or not? He's like, no. Not only did they eat well, I raised my own cow herd, and I killed them on my own, and I raised chickens, and we got eggs, and we had milk, and it was farm to table every single meal. And then what do the parents say? Well done, good and faithful daughter. And then to the third. <laughs> you know where this is going. The parents walk in and there is a foul stench. Much like what Brian shared. You do not want to step anywhere in this house because there was not only mildew and mold, there was dogs, you know, all the dog stuff all over the house. And there was laundry and dishes piled high and trash all the way to the ceiling. And the parents asked, what did you do? And this daughter said, well, Dad, I know you're angry, and you are one who gets, who, if I didn't do it right, you would have punished me, and so I didn't do anything, and I don't even know where you were. I don't know when you were coming back, so I just decided to play Toka Boca and Crossy Road on my phone day and night. And what do the parents say? The parents say, you unfaithful and wicked daughter. Now, you get the gist of what this modern-day parable is about. What you heard is twice this beautiful benediction in the parable that Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. And to the other, you hear a wicked and unfaithful servant. This morning, as we think about faithfulness, what does faithfulness look like in our lives? as children, as adults, as teenagers. And I, we need to kind of think about what this actually means. And here's a definition to kind of give you this morning. It, what it means is it is loyal. It, faithfulness means loyal, trustworthy, and dependable. Right? It's a faithful person who is honest, who is full of integrity, someone that you can rely on all the time, like the parents who relied on their children to get their chores done every single day. But it's not just uh, someone who's loyal and trustworthy and dependable. It's over a long period of time. That's what we have to see here, that this faithfulness is over a long extended period of time. Chris Wright says it this way, Faithfulness is the character of somebody you know you can simply rely on for the long haul. That's faithfulness. It's not just someone who's dependable, but dependable to the end. For a very long time that you can rely on. But we know faithfulness is absolutely difficult, isn't it? Faithfulness is so hard. We mess up all the time. Whether you are married to somebody, whether you are dating, whether you're a student and you're called to study, whether you are called to be a friend, 
whether you're called to obey your parents, it is hard to be dependable, trustworthy, and loyal over, a, over the long haul. And yet this is what the fruit of the faithfulness looks like for us and what we are called to. My daughters and I this past week watched a movie called The Notebook. And we had to skip over a couple of scenes, but it was just fascinating how faithfulness is portrayed in this movie. Because on one hand, you see the faithfulness of this husband and his love for her, even as she struggles with Alzheimer's, staying beside her, living next to her, even when his kids said, it's time to go home. He stayed with her by her side to the end. And yet in the same movie, we see in her younger years show unfaithfulness in the sense that she reneged on the promise that she would marry this guy the day before he was, she was going to marry him to be with this man or this teenager that she had this long lost crush on, right? Faithfulness is something that we value and so important because when we see unfaithfulness, whether it's politicians or leaders or pastors who have been unfaithful, we get angry and we want justice. But on the other hand, our culture says, well, you do you. You have the freedom to choose whatever you want that feels right for you. And the notebook is a good example of that for us. What does faithfulness look like in the midst of what we are called to? It is a difficult call to be faithful. Just, I'd say about three years ago or so, I read a tweet from a pastor, a famous pastor. He's written many books. He pastored a large church. And his tweets that I read said something to the extent of, in all my years of being a pastor, I can say without a doubt that I have always given 110% to every sermon I've prepared and preached, and I have been in the ministry for over 20 years. And when I read that, I was crushed. I was crushed. It was gut-wrenching because I couldn't say that. I could not say that I have given 110% to what God has called to me in my work, in my profession. There have been days I've been lazy and slothful. There have been days where I have not been true with integrity and dependable, where I say one thing but live a completely different life in my home. And to hear that was so gut-wrenching, that left me with so much guilt and shame and so much self-hatred. I couldn't be like this guy. I think sometimes we can struggle to do, to, we struggle with that same sensibility, right? To hear be faithful means, well, I can't. There's so much guilt and shame as we follow Jesus, as we love our spouse, as we try to be a good friend and a good faithful coworker. So how do we ripen this fruit of faithfulness? How do we grow faithfulness in our lives? Here's my one point this morning. We need to look to God. We need to look to God. Listen, faithfulness does not start with you or me. Faithfulness does not start with us. It starts with God and his faithfulness. 
But look at this third servant. What does he say about God? How does he view God? He says in verse 24 and 25, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. I was afraid. It's what my child, or this is fictional, (laughs) it's what the third child said. You're scary, you're angry, and you're just going to punish me if I don't do it right. In other words, in the, in the realm of psychology or counseling, you're, you are an authoritarian. And this is how this third servant saw the master. And this is often how we see God, don't we? We see him as harsh. We see him as a hard God who is not present and not available to us. We don't know where he is. He's not available. And so what? We see him as a taskmaster who's out to punish, who's out to, get, to, to be hard on us. And so what do we do? We cower. We do things angrily. We live in fear. And at best, it's just forced compliance, isn't it? It's done out of defiance and anger. And I know a lot of us can understand that, especially in our workplaces, right? In our workplaces, is it faithfulness or is it forced compliance? Because of a harsh boss, where you're angry and miserable because of the way that upper management handles your work and even treats you. And so because of how they treat us, what do we do? There's no faithfulness. It's done out of compulsion. It's done out of forced compliance. And we experience this all the time. And and sometimes, like this servant, we experience God in the same way. But God is not like this. All over Scripture, read of a God who is not harsh, who is not absent. But he's he's exactly the opposite. It's looking to God who is actually faithful. And Scripture has that all over Look at Psalm 33 here this morning. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his works is done in faithfulness. This is what we have to be able to see. And we saw that even Hosea, didn't we? If you've been part of the Bible studies uh, this past Wednesday or the Wednesday before, we looked at the book of Hosea. When God's people were so unfaithful, what do we see God do? He is continually faithful to us. Or in the Bible reading plan this past week, when you read Exodus 3, what do, we describe, what do we see in God when he sees God's people suffering, who are in slavery, at the hands of taskmasters? We read this, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land and a land flowing with milk and honey. This is who our God is. He is faithful. He is trustworthy. He is loyal. Not just once, not just twice, but to the end. For the long haul, even when we are unfaithful, he is faithful to us. And that is our strength for today and our hope for tomorrow. And we need to remember this. 
One scholar said it this way, forgetfulness erodes faithfulness. You hear that? When we forget who God is, it begins to tear away and erode the faithfulness of our lives because we have to remember that God has always been faithful to us. That was the call for the Israelites. Remember the wilderness. Remember how God took you out of the land of Egypt and took you through the dividing Red Sea and took you to the promised land. We need to remember that and ultimately guess what we are called to remember. We're called to remember the faithfulness of Jesus on the cross. Right? For us, where do we go to? We go to Jesus, who was ultimately the one who was faithful, who came into our world. He embodies this true faithful servant. He obeys fully. Jesus was faithful to the task that he came to accomplish for us. He did his Father's will, and he finished the work that he was given to, despite of the sufferings, despite of the obstacles that he endured. So at the end of his life, what does he say? He says to his father in John 17, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you have given to me to do. God has been faithful by sending his son for us. And that's the best news for us. Because it's about Jesus' faithfulness to us. And it's not contingent on my faithfulness or your faithfulness. It's because of what Jesus has done. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 the one who calls you is faithful, and he will surely do it. God is the one who will do it for us. And that is our strength so that we can actually be faithful. So that even in our struggles, even in the hardships that we experience, in the midst of uncertainty, when life is exhausting and tiring, we know that we have a faithful God. Listen to 2 Timothy 2. It's on the screen here for you. This saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, he will also live with him. We will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That's what we need to remember. Jesus is our faithful one who fulfills everything perfectly for us. And that's our strength for this morning, for this day, and our hope for tomorrow. Let me close with a story. This past week, I had the privilege of getting to speak at RUF, with it, which is the college ministry of our denomination at WashU. And as my wife and I were driving to WashU, we began to just reflect about how all of this even began. And we remembered how 19 years ago, my wife and I began this little college Bible study on WashU's campus. And it was just three students, me and my wife, having a little Bible study in this place called Mud NPR. And to be able to then drive to WashU on Tuesday night and to be able to see a hundred or so students on the campus of WashU, worshiping, hearing God's word, fellowshipping together on a secular campus was just amazing because what I realized was that it was not about my faithfulness. I was not faithful, trust me. I, 
I was a full-time student working 30 hours a week to get this college ministry going. I was trying to be a faithful husband and a faithful father. And in the midst of that running on fumes, there were many, many times when I would get together with our college students and I would just quote a lot of Tim Keller and just be like, Lord, do something with that. <laughs> it was just, that was basically like my ministry during, college, during my seminary years. Hardly any faithfulness. It was just running on fumes. And to be able to just stand there in 19 years to see God's faithfulness, his doing, because he would surely do it, was one of the most beautiful things and just encouragements for my own heart as a pastor in my work that God has called me to. So much so that I had to take a picture. And I took this picture and I sent it to those three college students that we began with, thanking them for their faithfulness. And what they did, and reminding them most importantly that it was truly God's faithfulness that we were able to experience what God is doing presently at the campus of WashU. It's not WashU for most of us here, it's your workplace, you following Jesus, listening to your parents, being a good student, a good friend, a good spouse, whatever it is, look to God, remember his faithfulness. And it will be your strength, not only today, but to the end. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you for your faithfulness to us. Lord, sometimes it's hard to see. Because in the midst of the busyness of our lives, in the midst of the frustrations and sufferings, Lord, we get so stuck in what is right in front of us. But Lord, as we come to the table now, open up our eyes. Help us to smell, taste, and touch what is beautifully pictured here at the Lord's table. Your faithfulness for us. You did it. So that when we cannot, you would continue to be faithful to us. That you would hold us, you would give us strength, and you would carry us as long as we need. So Lord, I pray that as we eat and drink this morning by your Spirit, strengthen us this morning so that as we go to wherever you have called us this week, we would be faithful, not because of what we can do, but because of your strength. Do that good work we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.